welcome to the Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku, and together with Nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. What is up, good people? We are here for another episode of the Thriving Advisors podcast, and I have with me here today Anika Rosendahl. She's a leadership coach, an author, and a founder of her own company. And so, Anika, it's a pleasure to have you here on the show. It's really nice to be here with you, Ike. Awesome. Well, why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about you and your company and what you guys do at a high level? So, my current company, after all these years in, in corporate is that I help women find time so they can really love their lives. That's where I started. And I also was an author. And then it has evolved into a lot of leadership training and coaching. So that's authorship or storytelling, as I call it, time finding and leadership training. Cool. And you have been at this now for how long in terms of on your own? Well, full-time almost two years but I started sort of my first books were from 2010 and I started having a side hustle which I guess a lot of people do when they're starting sort of am I going to do something else and that was probably more like 2016 2017 I did, did things on the side awesome I think it's a uh it's always interesting to figure out how people land on what that side hustle is so why don't you share with us what was going on in your world when you decided, you know what, I'm just not satisfied with a standard nine to five. I think I need to do something else. And how did you figure out what that something else is going to be? Yeah, I think that's so interesting because I like it makes me think of something I heard that conviction shouts, but mm. intuition whispers. Like and that, that whisper that came once when one of my colleagues turned 50 and we celebrated at the company because we were good friends on top of being good colleagues and she said something like I didn't think I would stay at this company so long and I was nodding to myself because no I didn't think so either all the other companies I had stayed two three years and this company had stayed 20 years and I didn't expect that well then I hadn't yet spent 20 years but many years 
And she said, well, it's a big company and you can move around. And I was nodding. But in my head, there was this, when I turn 50, I won't be here. And I was wondering, where did that come from? Because it was kind of not something I had been thinking about. It just came. When I turn 50, I won't be here. And I thought, uh-huh. Okay. It was too many years left. So I didn't think about it. Maybe I'll change company. And then the second thing was when my husband and I were sitting in our garden. And that's something I think everyone can benefit from to do quarterly check-ins or follow-ups. What is our life like? Do we want our life to be this way? What's been good? What's going to happen? And we had this, hmm, we want to be the masters of our time, 2.0. We want to do what we want, when we want it, where we want it, and with whomever. And even if we're working at great companies and we have a lot of freedom, it's closed but no cigar. It's not really there. It's still a certain amount of hours. It's still vacation days. It's still an expectation on things. And we don't really have that liberty. So those two seeds, I could say, started us thinking. Then it still took a long time to move from that to, yeah, but should we really give this up? It's still fun. It's still learning. It's a good job. But it was getting increasingly, and I can imagine maybe these listeners can recognize this, that you feel more and more been there, done that. Yeah, slightly different projects, sure, new technology, because I've been working with uh, technological development all the time. But still, mm, I want something more, like somehow being satiated. So unlike, I know some people feel like they escape the corporate world. That wasn't what we felt. We, we enjoyed it, but it was just, it's time for something else. How long had you and your husband been in the corporate world working? More than 20 years, both of us, by the time we left, by the time we started thinking about it, maybe shortly less, a little less, sure. <laughs> maybe 17, 18 years or so. Yeah. Sure. And what did he end up doing as he transitioned out? Yeah, that's an interesting. He was also working at a big company, also enjoying it. And he was a lot more looking than I was as in not knowing because I, right. since I had done my books and my speaking engagements since much earlier, mm -hmm. and I knew that a lot of women needed help with finding time, it was more clear for me what to do. He's been experimenting with three, four, five different ones. And now there's been a lot of Airbnb hosting, mm -hmm. which with the pandemic, it was not an easy thing either, so we had to diversify. So, so we found different ways. But for me, it was more clear what to do. Sure. Even though I must say, I, and maybe that's you, everyone who starts a company might think it's going to be something. So right. it will be my storytelling. It will be speaking engagements. It will be helping people with time. Yeah. And then this thing that is now the biggest part of my company, leadership, that wasn't in my head. Oh, oh, I can do that. Oh, yeah, people need that. So it's interesting. We probably might all start with something and then the company can evolve a bit on its own. Yeah, that's awesome. So be married to the vision, not necessarily the process of how you... Very, very true. And not to the product. That's one of the uh, marketing firms I worked with. <laughs> they said that, oh, I'm so happy you're not super attached to your own product. You're looking at who you can help <laughs> and then see how, you, how that can be done. No, that's brilliant. What are you looking back now? What do you see as some of the biggest fears or challenges you were faced with at that time as you transition from, ah, should I even start a house side hustle to actually doing one? And then finally getting to the place where you said, you know, I'm going to cut the umbilical cord and just separate completely. Yeah, I've, I've come to realize that I thought everyone had the same fear. <laughs> and I've realized we all have different ones and that, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So for mine, it definitely was related to money. 
making good money, having that steady paycheck, plus bonuses and benefits. And it was a lot of these nice things. And I'm like, okay, if I start on my own, it's likely to take some time before I get to that level again. So for me, it was related to money. And I realized also related to what are people going to think? Mm-hmm. How can you actually, even my colleagues, because we were really good friends and I was getting opportunities and people expected me to take these opportunities. And I knew, mm, but I want my way out. I can't take on this new thing. So a little bit of loyalty as well. Shall I really leave a bit of, and people thinking you're going to be crazy to leave what you have. Many people don't get that. And then money, those were mine. But I've heard other people who told me like, oh, money wouldn't be my fear, but I wouldn't be sure if I had enough ideas. And I was like, that's, that. they keep coming. That's not a problem. <laughs> or someone else says, no, money, nah, I'm not afraid of that. But what if I don't have enough drive? If I don't have people around me, if I start on my own? And that again, I didn't like, no, that doesn't occur to me. So I think, and that's probably interesting for, for the listeners. We all have our own fears, mm-hmm. but we probably all have, have a few of them <laughs> that we need to overcome. What was really, really successful in helping you overcome some of those fears and, and challenges? How did, you get, how did you get to the other side? Definitely. Actually, then I took coaching. Because um, until then, and I think, again, listeners to this podcast are very used to setting goals and achieving them. You set a goal, and you achieve, and you set a goal, you achieve, and you adjust, and then you fail, and you, you set another goal. But here I realized that this is so much fear involved that I need other type of help. So then I took a coach and I had my coach for one year before my decision and one year after sort of to like, okay, I, I want to get this up and running. So coaching from me, and I'm not even what I would say coaching time. I didn't consider myself someone who needed a coach prior, but it was definitely, as I told her afterwards, that um, I'm arrogant enough to think I could have made the goal without you but I couldn't have become the person I've become without you and I think that's the interesting thing with coaching that yeah we change we don't only achieve something we become someone else so for me coaching (laughs) definitely that's that's usually the biggest part of of goal setting and goal achieving that people seem to take for granted and not fully appreciate it's not so much the goals themselves but who we become as a result of the pursuit of those goals right and uh, that completely changes the trajectory of our lives and what we can and can't do, what we think we can, what we think we can't do. We've talked a good bit about time, which is something that you focus on in your practice and money, obviously. Um, as you work with your clients now, what are some of the areas or where do you see your, your clients wasting time and money on things that isn't quite serving them? Definitely on doing things that don't give them energy. Mm. So what I keep telling people is in general, it's not time we lack. We think it's time we lack, but we all have the same amount, which we know intellectually, but still when we are there and we're tired and I'm just going to do one more thing and I'm just going to do that. I'm just going to do that. And then there is no energy left to be creative, to be happy. And people end up doing all kinds of things. And I don't mean to make people feel guilty for watching Netflix or checking social media or even working hard. Because sometimes people do that out of, I don't know what else to do. So I'll check mails again. So I call that waste time. That whenever you do something that you don't really mean to do or you don't choose to do because Mm -hmm. you just don't have the energy or, or presence to choose. Now I want to do this. And that's usually the problem. People try to save time 
but they forget that their energy and joy is needed to use the time. Said, well said. The coaching industry and quasi, you know, consulting. Consulting industry has been there for a long time. Coaching has been evolving over the years. Um, I serve in that industry. I also serve in the financial services industry, and I've written a couple of books. And a lot of times, when people write books, uh, oftentimes they find something that kind of bugs them within their industry, and maybe that leads to a topic that they want to write about. Um, when you think about the industry that you working now, what is one thing that kind of bugs you about the industry that maybe if you could have your stamp on, you go, I'd really love to fix that <laughs> issue within our industry. Yeah. I, and I, that is actually what, if we look at time management, that is probably it because I've had women coming to me after they've been to time management courses because they came, became more stressed. Hmm. So the focus on efficiency rather on finding your way of managing your time, that's what I want to want to change because this you don't want to end up in the efficiency trap that you're really efficient in doing things that don't matter <laughs> or at least they don't matter to you that's really sad and then so a lot of the women by the time they come to me maybe they're 40 50 and they start questioning is this it is this my life because they kind of lost themselves on the way maybe being super efficient and um say successful in some kinds of areas but they're not happy. They're not fulfilled. What, what happened to my life? So that's to get away from only focusing on efficiency and productivity and looking at, are you using your time and your life the way you want to? I guess that's what I wanted to change. I think, I think that's a really, really unique way because there's all kinds of, um, what is it they call them? Uh, hacks around yeah. time management, right? Whether it's there are. focus on your big rocks or time, you know, time blocks. There's yes. all kinds of things you yes. can do. all focus on efficiency and productivity. Sounds like you're talking about a more bespoke, customized process that you create that works for you in terms of helping you fulfill whatever your time goals are. So maybe is there like a client experience or an example that you can kind of share to shed even more light about the traditional mindset around time yes, management yeah. and productivity versus a customized version that is like fits Ike to a T. <laughs> yeah, yes, right? exactly. Yeah, no, I have that. Some people are kind of immediately asking me about tips and tricks and things. And you can find them all over the internet. You can, but it's not going to help if you haven't understood what you want. <laughs> so, so I usually, if there's one thing people always can take with them immediately, and that's whenever you say, I don't have time, you switch and you say, how do I want to use my time? Because mm. time you have. And when we start going from this statement and telling our brain, I don't have time because, and that's limiting us and we feel stressed. So mm -hmm. how do I want to use my time? Then our brain gets started, like, because we have to answer a question. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing I'd say is that to change to a conscious use of your time. So I had one, one fantastic client who said like, Ooh, I thought it was my job. So I quit my job, but I realized now all I needed to know was this because I started hating my job and I, and I started feeling stressed. And I started blaming my boss. But if I would have known how to use my time, I wouldn't have ended up there. Um, I've had people whose relationships have gotten way better because they think it's he never takes care of anything in the house or he doesn't help out. And, he, and I'm the only one doing everything. And then shifting and looking and what do you do? What does he do? What do you want? Uh, take care of yourself. And then they can find that back. I've had women who don't stop procrastinating and this is one of these typical things and people want to have quick fixes and I keep so it depends why you procrastinate we need to figure out why you procrastinate so it's it de depends different people have the different ones um 
and one more, if I can say that, there was a lady who had her own company and she called me and we were talking about, yeah, a a typical package I had to help you find time. And she said, can you also help me with my finances? Because my, my company's in trouble. I said, well, it depends. I can help you find time to deal with it and find a structure. Let's see where that ends up. So we worked with the time thing and that you decide how to use your time and what, what does give you energy. And after a while I asked, what about the finances? You haven't told me anything about it. And she says, oh, that's solved. So it's usually funny that it's kind of, we think one problem is the problem and then it's another one. And when we figure out the other one, the other ones kind of solve itself. So what, the only thing we did was walk through your finances every Monday, <laughs> set time aside. That was all we did. And then we worked on other things. And the debts she had, then she got the courage to go and talk to them and ask for payment plans and things started working out. So there are a lot of things once we start feeling empowered. And if we feel I don't have time, that's a very powerless feeling. So if you start realizing, okay, I decide how to use it, so many other things fall into place. That's brilliant. And and what I hear you sharing is just the level of intentionality that's required, as well as clarity. Because that's usually, you know, I mean, even just a subtle distinction, and I've heard this several times, it's not so much time management as it is time use. How are you putting yourself in a position of control to realize you have an abundance of time and you get to choose how you want to spend it as opposed to thinking, I'm overwhelmed with all this stuff to do. Well, what is it that you want to do, right? What is it that's going to bring you to your highest and greatest best self for today? And how do you want to use that time to fulfill that? So. Really, really brilliant stuff you're sharing there. I really appreciate it. I'm sure our, our listeners are getting a lot of uh, great insights as well. Um, getting back to that whole idea of intentionality, clarity, really knowing yourself, which is really, you know, um, where that's kind of leading to. I'm curious if you could step into the shoes of a close friend, a best friend, or just a friend and answer a two-part question. So I'm asking your friend to describe you before you mm-hmm. Uh, before you went out on your own. So the old self, corporate mm-hmm. version of Aniga, versus you today, two to three years later, I'd be interested to get from your perspective what you think those descriptions might sound like coming from them. You know, that's such an interesting question. Like, <laughs> uh, And I don't even know if others see it as much as myself, but I was super busy and in intense (laughs) prior um uh, yeah I was super busy and intense and there was always something going on and to get time from me for something else I would choose how to do my time of course that's that's what I do but there wouldn't be much room for just I was think other things it was like okay I'm gonna write my books I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and yeah we're gonna have some fun and I would find it normal to be always on on the edge kind of mm-hmm. and now I think people would see a lot more suddenly it's like you seem to have lots of time um I, even though I would get that comment also at work you always behave as if you have time which I think is important from a presence uh, point of view but now it's like yeah sure we can do this there is there is room I think there is more laughter and uh, for me there's a lot more awareness of other things than work <laughs> I can put it that so it's it's uh, I think it's a wider view of life maybe that sounds a bit big but um, it was it became super focused 
on what I had at work and family and the books, but not so much everything else. And now there is a bigger openness, I'd say, for life happening. Yeah, I'm getting a sense of just a greater level of peace. That's, uh, I think you put exactly the words on it. Yes, a lot more peace. And I wasn't even looking for it before. Because <laughs> I thought, like, what, what was that for? We got this next, next deadline, and we got this and that and that, that and that. So I wasn't even looking for peace. That was interesting um, now that you put words on it. And mm-hmm. I was there <laughs> in this situation that is here. I like this next question because I don't think a lot of podcast guests uh, or hosts, rather, uh, offer that up. What is one question that I haven't asked you? that you'd have wished that I would ask you? And how would you answer? Yeah, it would probably be what advice I can give to others who, like me then a few years back, would feel like, yeah, but isn't there more? Mm -hmm. What would I tell them? And I still wouldn't, uh, maybe I don't don't know how I would answer that, but I would do what I do with a lot of my clients, figure out what you want, because we can put so much pressure on ourselves in many ways so some do it on in i need to stay in corporate and make a good career but some can also put it on i should start my own business and there is nothing right or wrong by taking that time that the the quarterly follow-ups or whatever way but taking the time to figure out what you really want now and that it's okay to change yeah that we don't have to have the same dream as we had 20 years ago, 10 years ago, or even half a year ago. I think that's something I want to want people to kind of continuously reevaluate our lives so we don't get stuck in some kind of default or mm-hmm. I've been doing this so long I forgot what I'm doing it for thing. <laughs> yeah. Giving yourself the, the freedom to let your story evolve and not uh, be, uh, be sold into whatever the prior version or the prior chapters might have said, right? Really, really. I good. like the way you put that. Yes, let your story evolve. <laughs> evolve, it's key. Uh, since we're handing out advice, let's do this one more time. So let's go back to your 18-year-old self, and uh, you had the benefit of corporate, benefit of being, you know, on your own, and a host of other experiences that we haven't talked about. If there was one thing that you'd wish you could go back and share with your 18-year-old self that you feel like would have had a significant impact on the trajectory of her life if she knew that then, what would that be? Yeah, um, realizing you're good the way you are. I, and I know this might sound like one of these inspirational quotes on Facebook or something, but oof, it's taken me so long to realize that, no, you don't have to perform. You don't have to deliver. You don't have to do things right to be a fantastic human being. And that... I don't know why it's taking me so long, but if I would have known that as 18, yeah. I probably would have had that piece way earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is uh, that is solid, solid advice for anybody at any stage in life. It's uh, self-acceptance and self-love. We see the, uh, what I would call the counterfeit, counterfeit versions of that that show up in social media that aren't, you know, rooted in a sense of, uh, um, authenticity but then the opposite of that is people don't even realize how much of a deficit that they have in that area and how much they need to spend time and really looking at the person in the mirror and seeing warts and pimples and whatever else is there and going i accept me for who i am and i have everything that i need to do all that i am supposed to do so 
Fantastic. Yes. And actually, if I don't tie that back to time, that's a lot of the problems with people being stressed out. <laughs> Not, I think I have to change bed sheets this often, or I have to work this much, or my house has to. There are so many things I have to, to be, to like myself. <laughs> and when we spend so much time on that, that's when we feel that we don't have time and we have all the time that we have. <laughs> true. This is true. This has been such a brilliant conversation. I'd love to continue this at another point in time. Maybe we'll have you come back as a, as a guest again. So in concluding, for those who feel inspired, motivated, and, and just, you know, have a, a level of curiosity and understanding that they can get to that level of peace that we talked about and that they have an abundance of time that they can put themselves in a position of control where they get to use their time as well as they as well or as much as they would want to um, or those who may be in corporate who you know are thinking you know you might be a good leadership coach to maybe have a conversation with um, what's the best way for people to be able to get in touch get in touch with you to find out more? well they can find me on um, timefinder.com so www.timefinder.com that's because uh, I like the word of finding time. It is there. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not just like we started saying. It's not managing it. It's not like putting it in a box. It's finding it for what you really care about. So that's the, uh, yeah. as, oh, sorry, it's actually holistictimefinder.com. Timefinder, there are probably others, but holistic. So that's what I wanted to call it to share there's all parts of your life and it's many different ways. So holistictimefinder.com. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can uh, resonate with just good memories from playing hide and go seek. So the whole idea of finding something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> finding something that you think is lost. Yes. <laughs> Builds a measure of expectation. So, well, there you have it, Miss Anika Rosendahl. Thank you so much for spending time with us and our viewers. Uh, folks, hope you've enjoyed our episode today at The Thriving Advisors. We look forward to bringing more excellent guests to share their wisdom and their expertise and resources with you. Until next time, take care and God bless. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku, and together with Nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest 
on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. 